Hey, you guys, welcome to the Living Encouraged podcast show. I'm your host, Eileen Bocanegra, and today we are going to be talking about identity theft. Have you ever dealt with identity theft? I know it's not a laughing matter, uh, but when I get to where I'm going with this, you're you're going to kind of find a little bit of humor in this. Um, we're going to be talking about when you're struggling with identity theft and where am I going with this? You're probably wondering like, okay, hold up, Eileen, where are you going with this? What does this have identity theft have to do with, uh, building my relationship with Christ or building my business or building myself up? Uh, I'm about to tell you. So we're going to be talking about identity theft and when we're struggling with it. Um, I remember one time, I found out that uh, my card, you know, I had gone to use my card at the gas station and it got turned down and I was like, what in the world? Uh, went to go use my bank card again and again it got declined and I called the bank to find out what was going on. And I'm like, hey, you know, what's going on? Uh, I just got a text after I tried using my card that my card's been frozen. What's happening here, you know? Um, there's money in the bank. I don't understand. I mean, have you ever had that feeling? You're like, okay, why did my car just get declined? Hold up. I know I deposited that check. I know I've got direct deposit. I know there's money in there. Hold up. Girlfriend just got paid. This is not the end of the, the pay period. This is like the beginning when I first got my check, right? And you're like confident you got your money in your card, right? So you go to use your bank card and it gets declined and it feels kind of, you know, bad, like crappy and you get embarrassed you know and there i was on the phone with the bank trying to figure out why was my card frozen and why was had it been declined so many times and they told me that uh that where was my location they wanted to know where was my location and i'm like um right by my house i'm here in humble texas you know and they said, okay, well, we've got a couple of charges that came up on your account right before you tried to use your card. And the charges are coming out of Miami Beach. And I was like, what? You know, couldn't believe it because I've never been to Miami. I mean, I've, I've wondered what it's like over there. I've seen the, the, the pictures and I've thought, you know, maybe one day I'll take a visit over there. But uh at the time, I was not in Miami, uh, nowhere near Miami, and no one that I knew was in Miami. Um, so, it turned out that somebody had gotten a hold of my identity, they gotten a hold of my card, and they were using it. They had gone on a shopping spree and were using my card, and luckily enough, uh, our bank was so gracious to take care of everything instantly. Uh, I had to go to the bank, and you know, it's, it's a struggle, right? You gotta go to the bank, you gotta get, you got to change accounts and change cards. And I mean, I had to do the whole nine yards. Uh, I had to change out my, my bank account. I closed it down just for safety precautions, opened up a new account, moved everything over. I mean, it was a mess. It was a mess. It reminded me of the time that I lost my wallet and I lost my wallet at a store. And I don't know how that happened. And, uh, I remember the mess that came with it. You know, I had to go to the to the social security department. I had to get a new social security card and, and I uh, had to need, get a new driver license. I had to cancel all my credit cards, my bank cards. I mean, it was a mess, right? So when we're faced with an identity theft, uh, it's a struggle that you go through. Uh, even if you're not at the theft part yet, right? You know that there's a possibility that it's heading in that direction. 
it's a struggle it's it's a pain in the, the, the rear right and um and that's what i want to talk about but it's a different kind of identity theft we know that when we lose our wallets and somebody finds it and chooses to use our identity for their own personal gain they're stealing from us they're robbing from us they're taking from us that those people that were using my bank card in um miami they had stolen from me they had robbed me they had taken something from me when i least expected it right and in that moment i was upset you know i I wasn't this wasn't a laughing matter i was upset right but how about when we're struggling with identity theft how about i change it up a bit and that identity theft is the enemy that's making every attempt to steal your identity that's what we're going to talk about today so join me on today's podcast i know i left you with a nice teaser right I left you with this teaser because I want you to join me on today's podcast. I think it's so important that we talk about when you're struggling with identity theft. How do we handle it? How do we overcome it? How do we uh, climb that mountain and and, and reign victorious, right? We, We scream victory. So join me on today's podcast. Hey, 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 we are back and we are talking about when you're struggling with identity theft. Maybe you can relate to me. Maybe you can relate. You've had your credit card stolen and and it's it or you've had all your personal information stolen. Somebody hacked your accounts, took your information and used it for their own personal gain. They stole from you. They took something from you Uh, when you least expected it. Right. And it's a pain, right, to come out of that mess. Sometimes it's it's more trouble than what I went through, right? I, I went through the first time was, you know, uh, I remember. And the, and mind you, the, the one that I told you about where I had the bank had frozen my car. That was just one of many, many instances where somebody has stolen my identity. I've had people uh, call me claiming to be collecting off of some something that I had never heard of. And, um, actually use my social security over the phone with me, how they did that. I don't know. And I remember that day I had to leave work in the middle of the day, go to the bank, shut everything down, freeze everything. And I remember I had to notify the social security office. So it was a huge mess. Uh, and it, and it was some scam that had gone on and somehow they got hold of my personal information where I lived. They had uh, the, the information on my social security, uh, date of birth. I mean, they had enough to be able to create fictitious accounts with my name or any other name if they wanted to. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this today because I, I was talking earlier today about uh, and I had asked the question, do you know who you are? Right. And I had, I had written a post about that earlier today because sometimes we forget and we lose sight of who we are, who God says we are, uh, who we were created to be, and, and we lose track of that. And it, and it happens, right? But sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of that struggle with identity theft, where the enemy has come because... This is what the enemy comes to do. He comes to rob and steal and kill. He wants to take 
everything that is so precious to you, including your identity, who God says you are. Now, when we're struggling with this identity theft, we don't see it the way we see when somebody actually steals our physical identity, right? Uh, when somebody steals your wallet or your purse and then they take everything and, and they start to open up bank accounts and this and that with your information, that makes you angry, right? That makes you angry. That drives you insane because you have to do so much to undo what somebody else has done wrong to you, right? Okay. And it's sad because with today's technology, you would think that we would have uh, more security, but as technology grows, they have to grow the security levels. And, and it's almost like these hackers are two steps ahead of them, right? Well, sometimes it's the enemy that's hacked your life. Come on. The enemy has hacked your life. He's hacking your identity. He's got into your system and now he's downloading anything that he can use against you. That's what's happening. I dealt with that before for a long time, for the longest time growing up. I didn't know who I was. I was too busy trying to figure out who I was. Who is Eileen, right? I, I, I struggled with my identity as a child because I didn't know my biological father. And I talked about this in the post earlier. So I'm just going to repeat some of what I talked about in the post earlier. And then I'm going to kind of add on to it. But as a child growing up, I didn't know who I was. I, I was being raised in a house with siblings and with the mom and the dad and my siblings. But I was the only one with a different last name. I didn't know who I was. It It made me feel uncomfortable. It made me feel like. I wasn't part of that family. I shut myself out. I would run to my grandparents any chance I had. I don't know how many times I felt like I just wasn't a part of this family. Like, like I felt left out. And they didn't do anything to me. My mom and dad loved me. My mom met my dad when I was, what, like around two-ish or so. And they got married when I was three. So my dad has been my dad. I call him my dad. I don't call him a stepdad because in my eyes and in my heart, that's not my stepdad. And and I'm going to tell you a story behind that. But that's not my stepdad. That's my dad because a dad is the one that raises you. A dad is the one that that provides for you, that that pulls out the band-aid when you fall down and you you scrape your knee up from falling off the bike. A dad is the one that corrects you when when you've been wrong in in school and and he, he's, he's the one that disciplines you. He's the one that feeds you. He's the one that teaches you. That is your dad, right? That, that's how I saw it. I didn't see it as, as a stepdad because like my dad one time told me and my brother, when my, when my brother Jolois was younger, uh, we were kids in elementary school and kids were making fun of me and picking on him because of me and telling him I wasn't his real sister. They told him I was his stepsister and that that was, that, that was not really my dad, that that was my stepdad. Now, you can only imagine how hurt I felt when my brother came at me with that. He didn't know no better. He was a kid. He didn't know any better. And, and when my dad heard what had happened, he, he grabbed us both, took us out to the front door. And I'm like crying. I remember this day like if it was yesterday. I'm like crying. 
takes takes us to the front door, opens the door, and this is this little little two bedroom house, right? That uh, has some some concrete steps in the front, and he takes us to the front door, opens the door, and he points to us that he sees. You see those steps? And I'm like, yes, you know. And I'm like all crying and stuff, and my brother just like all angry, and and he says. Those are the only steps in this house. There are no stepbrothers. There are no stepsisters. There are no stepdads or step anything. The only steps in this house that will always be in this house are the ones right here that lead into the house. That's it. And I remember that those words, because my dad is a man of very few words, but when the man speaks, it's profound. I kid you not. Ask any one of my cousins. They'll tell you. They'll tell you, those are some profound words he'll give you when, once he gets to chatting with you. That stayed with me for all my life because that right there was confirmation that there were no steps. I was not a step anything. That was my dad. So I grew up with him as my dad, but yet in the back of my mind, it always stayed with me. I don't have the same name. I don't have the same blood. You know, I... I would sit there and I would just look at that and I would see that I was different. And and it's not that I was different. It's just that the enemy wanted to hold that over me as a child, as a child. He wanted me to believe a lie that really wasn't there. A lie that said, you're not loved. You're not a part of this. You're never going to be a part of this. Well, one day when I lost my wallet and I had to go to the social security office and get a new social security card, I took my birth certificate, which was all like <laughs> tethered and everything, like falling apart. I mean, there's tape holding that thing together. I mean, I think the, the, the declaration of independence is probably in better shape than my birth certificate. No joke. And uh, not that I'm that old, but you know, just saying. Anyhow, they use bad quality paper. I'm just going to stick to that. We're just going to leave it at that. They use bad quality paper back in them days. So I take my birth certificate to, to, uh, the social security office and, uh, I get denied and I'm like, I don't understand. You know, I did my application, right? You got my birth certificate, birth certificate. You've got everything to prove my identity. What's the problem? They said, well, um, some of the information here doesn't match up. It looks like the father you have listed on your birth certificate and on your application is not what we have on file. And I'm like confused. Like, what are you talking about? It's been the same father on that birth certificate since the day I was born. I mean, I I don't understand. Like, I was just so confused. And I said, run it again. Check it again. Like, like I was having them check it over and over. And, and the lady kept telling me, I'm sorry, but this is not the information we have in our system. And she starts running down other information to verify with me. And I'm telling her, like, I'm confirming it. But that one area of who I am, that one spot, something wasn't right. It, it, it had been changed or something. The information was saying that I wasn't valid at that point. And I was like, hold up, hold up a minute, right? <laughs> so I didn't know, was I a victim of identity theft now at this point? What had happened? So I just, you know, sat there and went over and over and I said, okay, try this name. So I give my daddy's name, right? I give them his name. And when they pull it up, she said, okay. 
And I was like, what do you mean? Okay. And she's like, you've got the right information now. We just need you to, you know, change it on this form and we're going to proceed and we'll give you your card in, in, in a moment. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm, I, I was like confused, confused. You can, you can just imagine the look on my face. Like I was baffled. Like, what are you talking about? How is this even possible? So I get my birth certificate that I've had on me forever and in a minute. And, and, um, I take, I leave the office and be, and I have my brand new social security card. I have everything I need and I leave and I'm like, who am I? I don't understand. I'm confused. So my name was the same. All the other information was the same. The only difference was who my father was as listed on my birth certificate. So I get to the car and I'm like so confused and I call my mom and I ask her and I'm like, mom, um, did you know that my birth certificate's been changed? And she's like, what are you talking about? So I start telling her and she was like floored. She said, oh my God, when you were a little girl, your dad wanted to adopt you so that you would have his name. This was something and I'm trying not to cry but this is something that I never knew, right? And I was a grown adult now, never knew this. And she says, um, when you were a little girl, your dad wanted to change your name. He wanted to adopt you and so that you would have his name. And uh, your grandfather told him, you know, don't worry about spending all that money doing that because one day she's going to get married and her name's going to change anyway, right? Man, had somebody asked me, right? Uh, the things that I could have avoided, but had I avoided that, I wouldn't have a testimony to share with you today. Right. So we, uh, we're talking about this and she starts saying how he had started some paperwork, a paperwork process, but she never knew that he actually went through with it, with a part of the change. He had changed the, the, the social security documentation to reflect him as my father, not my biological father. And I never knew that that had happened. I didn't even know you could do that. And he never changed my name, but he just needed that paperwork to reflect that he was my dad. Do you see? While I went years and years and years wondering, who am I? Who am I? Who is Eileen? Right? Back in the days, it was Eileen Garcia. Who's Eileen Garcia? Didn't know who I was. You know, I didn't know a part of my life. And up to this date, I only know some bits and pieces of my biological father. Uh, God rest his soul. He passed away a few years ago. But who, who I was didn't matter what the paper said. Who I was wasn't based off of whose blood was running through my veins or who I looked like. Who I was was who God said I was and who my dad said I was. My dad said, that's my daughter. You see where I'm going with this? He, he didn't have a doubt of anything. He didn't know my mom when I was conceived. He didn't meet my mom till I was, you know, a few years older. So in his eyes, that's my daughter. You ask him today, he says, I have two daughters, two sons, in which one of my brothers passed away. But when we look at that, my dad has this, this affirmation, this like, this, this, uh, how, how would I say it? Like he doesn't 
waver in what he says. This is it. It's concrete. This is final. That's my daughter and a story, right? And he says it so matter of factly that it makes me think about how God sees us, right? Are you following me here? I struggled with my identity for so many years because the enemy wanted me to always have this doubt and this confusion and this always feeling less than, right? Always feeling broken, always feeling like I wasn't loved, like I wasn't enough. And here God's saying, it's not about that. Don't allow the enemy to steal who I say you are. Do you see? And when, whenever I got older, I had always known God. I had always been in the church. I was born in the church. I mean, I mean, not literally, but when I was born, the first place they were taking me to was the church. Born and raised in a Pentecostal church as a little girl, served in the church, sang in the church, you know, taught Sunday school classes there. I mean, I I stood there three, four times a week in the church. I mean, that was my home away from home, basically. And uh, never knowing that God was grooming me all those years to be who he says I am, a minister of God, that I will preach the word of God. I will teach the word of God. And I don't need a label to tell me who I am. I don't need a certificate to say this person does this. I don't need uh, uh, anything on paper that says who I am, right? I don't need to know about the blood that runs through my vein, except for the blood that does run through my veins is the blood of Christ, right? That's the only thing I need to know. But until I found my way to God, when, until I created a relationship and I encountered God in a completely different way, I'm talking about where I had that Jesus encounter like, like the Apostle Paul had. When I had that moment, that's when I got to understand who I am. You see, who I am is I am a daughter of Christ. I am a daughter of the most, most high God, right? I am uh, my father's daughter, okay? I know who I am. I'm a mother. I'm a wife. But sometimes I struggled, even as an adult, of identifying who I was. I remember when I was writing my book, people would say, oh, so you're an author. And I would be like, "Uh, no, not really. I mean, I'm just writing a book. I didn't have that confidence to say, yeah, I am an author. I just haven't published my book yet, but it'll be published soon. When you ask me now, am I an author? I'm like, yes, I am. Published or not, I'm an author. Because I sit there and I pen what's in my heart. I sit there and tell the stories that are going on in my heart, in my life, in my mind. And I sit there and I share a part of me with others. I share lessons. I I share teachings. I share the word of God. I write collective, uh, just a a collective... um, array of stories of that depict something right and teaches something I'm an author but you see I couldn't identify myself as that before and sometimes we allow the enemy to steal that identity to rob us and and take that identity from us that says who we are who God says we are when I started teaching women's ministry people would tell me oh so 
so you're a minister. And I'm like, no, because I thought to have validity, I needed to have some sort of tag on my, on my chest, right? I needed to have a label, a name tag, something on my desk, a certificate, something that's certified and said, Eileen Bocanegra is a certified blah, blah, blah. Or she has been, uh, you know, under oath, given this authority to do this. I didn't need that because the Bible is what gave me the authority. You see, the the upbringing, the the teachings that I've learned, everything that that encompassed who God said I was, that's who I was. It it wasn't about, you know, having to have a you know, specific education and all that. For for my journey, it was going to be different. And, and I remember listening to Joyce Meyer talking about her journey into ministry and how she didn't go to theology school. She didn't do all these things. She was in seminary. She self-taught the Bible to herself. She built herself, not on her own, but God chose her. God used her. God identified her. God gave her an identity. God gave Joyce Meyer an identity. And he called her to a position that she owns, right? She took that position and she ran with it. When we look at who God says we are, oftentimes we start to doubt it. We start to question that identity. We start to question who God says we are. And when we look at the Bible, we look at the way God identified himself, the way Jesus identified himself. We know that in the beginning of the Bible, uh, God talks about in Exodus, it says that where God says, I am who I am. That's what he says in Exodus three fourteen. I am who I am. It's like, don't question me. Don't question my authority. Don't, don't worry about it. I am me. Just leave it at that. Right. When we look at Jesus, Jesus in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Do you see the authority in his voice? Do you see the the uh, confidence in who he says he is? I mean, that matter of factly attitude that says I am the way like you can't get to him without me i'm the truth and i'm life that's what jesus teaches us and when we go through scripture we see how many times jesus talks about who he is he's the bread of life he's the light of the world right he's the true vine when we look at scripture when we look at who God says he is. God just leaves it as I am who I am. Uh, the other day, you know, I was hanging out with my friend Becky and we were having breakfast together. Uh, we were celebrating 47 years uh, of our age, right? We turned 47. Uh, we were celebrating uh, in, in all those years. We've known each other since what, first or second grade. So we, we were celebrating that, having breakfast, just hadn't seen each other in over a year or longer. And, and we just came together and it was just so good because we could pick up where we left off. Right. Because we have that kind of friendship that 
we can always pick up right where we left off because we're confident in our friendship, right? And we were talking about you do you, right? <laughs> because I said, you know, you've heard me talk about you do you. Here's why. And and we were talking about that and it's basically saying be confident in who you are and you do you. Don't be trying to be somebody else. Uh, God created you to be you, right? Of course, if you want to better yourself in life and you want to follow the lead of somebody else, uh, a mentor, uh, you look up to somebody that is teaching you and you want to uh, follow in their path, right? But be you. Be the best version of yourself doing what that person does. That's okay. But be the best version of yourself. Be you. You be you. Just the way God is like, God's I am who I am. And, and that's how we should be. We should have that kind of confidence in our own identity to say, I am who God says I am. I am a child of God. I am loved. I am a part of this family. I am adored. I am worthy. I am, you know, a wonderful mom. You know, you you can sit there and you can look at all the different ways to identify yourself as who you are and own that position. Own who you are. Own your identity and and stop allowing the enemy to steal your identity. Remember, he's just there to rob and steal and kill. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to rob you of, of your identity. Right? That's what he wants. He wants you to live a life of misery. He wanted me to grow up miserable. But what he didn't know that God had been embedded in me from the day I was born, that I was born with God up inside of me. Right? I just had to identify that. I had to acknowledge that. And sometimes that's what we need to do. Sometimes that's what we need to do. Uh, um, when our boys were little, let me give you another example. When our boys were little, Man, they were something else, right? We had three sons. We have three sons, I should say. We have three sons. Growing up, these three were something else. The first two were three years apart. And the first two were like, oh, Lord, help us. You know, like you wake up every day just begging God to give you patience because you just don't know how you're going to do another day with these two. Because, they, you know, I mean, if they weren't breaking windows throwing balls through the window, uh, breaking things in the house. I mean, it, it was just always something. And we were in Walmart and I have my youngest one on the buggy and the other two are walking behind me, right? Which I prefer that they walk ahead of me, but they, they know why they want to walk behind a parent because they want to get away with stuff. And my husband's with us and we're in Walmart and, you know, they were little. They were, I think, in uh, in elementary school or something. And I remember... No, there weren't. One of them was in junior high and the other one was in elementary or something like that. And we're walking inside Walmart and my husband, dad to these boys, right? I mean, we gave birth to these kids together and and he's in the store and he, you know, I'm like getting upset and I'm like, you, you do something with these two. So he turns and he tells them like, he's about to discipline them. Right. And he's like, I'm going to spank y'all. I'm going to take you onto that bathroom. Like he was really upset. You know, I'm going to take you to the bathroom if you don't behave and, and, and I'm going to whip your tail. I mean, like he was really mad. Right. And 
my my middle son Matt, he looks at my dad, I mean at his dad, at my husband, and he says, "You can't hit me." <laughs> I just stopped in my tracks. I mean, you just heard the buggy stop, and I look. He says, "You can't hit me. You're not my dad." And my husband looked at him, he's like, what? He goes, you're not my dad. And he starts concocting this story of my dad is blah, blah, blah. And he's blah, blah, blah. And he starts going on and on. And the, the oldest one is looking at him like, what in the world? And and I'm like, is he for real? Like, is he seriously? Like, really? And my husband just looked at him and started laughing. And he's like, boy, you better shut your mouth. Like, he was just, he was mad. But then at the same day, he was laughing. Why? Why didn't he get more angry? Why didn't he say anything else? Because he knew his identity. His identity was dad to these boys. From the day they were born, this was their dad. His blood runs through their veins. And my son was sitting there just creating this ridiculous story about his dad and just throwing him crazy and, uh, and and he he started laughing. Everybody started laughing, right? But they they eventually, you know, calmed down. But the point that I'm trying to make with this story is that sometimes we we sit there and we lose sight of our true identity. But when we're confident in who we are, we're confident in who God says we are. We're confident in what God says that we're able to do, uh, because we're able to do all things through Christ, right? Because He strengthens us. He gives us the way. He gives us the truths that we need in life. He leads us and guides us through the thick and the thin, through the the dark and the light. But until we identify that, we can get lost. We can get caught up in that identity theft. We can get caught up struggling through life, trying to find our own identity. My greatest prayer to you is that if you are struggling right now, if you are dealing with identity theft right now, Right. A mental identity theft where the enemy is attacking you right now. The enemy is coming against you. The enemy is trying to rob you of who God says you are. I want you to start declaring who you are. I want you to declare out loud. I am a child of God. I am the daughter. I am the son of the most high God. I want you to declare and start decreeing these things over yourself. I am worthy. I am valuable. My life does matter. I want you to do that. I want you to profess these words over yourself with so much conviction. Like when God says, I am who I am. I want you to stand there up against the enemy and say, I am who I am because God created me. I am God's child. I am adored. I am loved. And stand with that kind of conviction. And when the enemy comes at you and tries to tell you, no, you're not that person. This is who you are. Laugh at it like my husband did. Laugh at it. Laugh at it and turn your head and just dismiss where the enemy is talking to you right then and there. Dismiss it and say, I'm shutting you down right here because I know who I am. I want to thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I know today was a little bit lengthier, but I wanted to share this message with you because oftentimes we do struggle with identity theft and we don't realize it. Uh, Sometimes we need somebody just to help us to get a better perspective of what we're going through, have a better understanding of what we're dealing with. 
I dealt with it for a very long time. I know what it's like to struggle with identity theft. I know what it's like to struggle with trying to figure out who we are in life, who, who, what we're supposed to do with our life, uh, who God says we are, and trying to really believe what God is saying to us. So I'm just here to encourage you. I just want to lift you up. I want to, I want to just tell you that God loves you. God loves you and you matter. Your life matters. And, and who God says you are, I want you to take hold of that. Take grasp of it and own who you are. Walk around with that. I am who God says I am. Walk around with that kind of attitude today, right? All right. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy to have shared this message with you. And I look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you again for joining me on today's podcast. I just want to leave you with this last scripture that's found in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. And I'm reading out of the ESV Bible. It says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Isn't it amazing how God sees us as a holy temple? Like that's who we are. God sees us as a precious temple that belongs to him, that that he has created. And it's awesome to know that when the enemy comes to try to steal that precious temple from God, God's wrath is going to come upon the enemy. That's how God works. God goes to defend you, to protect you at all lengths. All God wants you to do is own your identity. God wants you to acknowledge who he says you are. Take hold of those words of I am. Who does God say I am? Take hold of that and and believe the truths that God speaks over you. Know that you're a temple preciously created and designed to be perfection in his eye. So I love you guys, and and again, I pray that God continues to move in your life and that if you find yourself struggling with that identity theft, with the enemy trying to rob and steal and kill the identity for which Christ has, has given to you, which Christ died for you, that identity, if you're struggling with that, I pray that today, right now, that right now as you hear my voice, That you find freedom, freedom through the blood of Jesus, freedom from the lies and the convictions that the enemy is trying to bring against you, and that you're able to hear the voice of God speak loud and clear of just how precious you are to Him. For more encouraging messages, join me at livingencourage.org. Also, you can find my blog at www.blossomedflowers.com. I'd love for you to join the community we have there. And also, check out our community on Facebook, the Living Encourage uh, Ministries Facebook page. We'd love for you to join our group and just join our community and just hang out with us. Have a good old time with us and just enjoy and savor the blessings that God has given to us in this day.